Hello and welcome to the Carolyn Whitaco Art Podcast, where we talk all things creativity, art shows, business, travel, and inspiration. Today we're going to talk about AI art or artificial intelligence art. But first, a life update. So I did a professional photo shoot recently, which was really cool. It's the first time in a really long time that I've done a professional photo shoot or gotten in front of the camera. I've only modeled a few times for someone else, not including like taking pictures of myself or posing by myself in a room or something. And it was really great modeling practice. I met a photographer named Tom Smith at an open studio tour in Dearborn, and we decided to do an artist concept shoot together. They came out amazing, and that's coming from me, who is extremely picky about how my art is portrayed and my, like, quote-unquote aesthetic when it comes to that kind of thing. Basically, what we did was we went to his studio, which was in the Dearborn Artist Lofts. If you've ever been to downtown Dearborn, um, they have a bunch of artist residencies and lofts and studio spaces in their, like, city building. Super cool space. He had a backdrop set up, and I taped a bunch of my art prints to the backdrop and it really made a stunning situation. It was a white backdrop and I wore an all black outfit, super iconic. And then we decided when I ripped all of my prints down because it kind of like ruined the backdrop. So I felt kind of bad, you know, because you'd have to replace it. But I was like, you know what? I already ruined it. So we splattered a bunch of paint on the wall and it was just awesome. Honestly, it came out really, really good. Super skilled photographer, very cool collab for sure. If you want to check them out, I posted some photos on Instagram at Carolyn Whitico, and I'm sure they'll be sprinkled into my blog content as well. In other news, I'm in Florida, so I'm very excited to be in Florida. It's very warm. My friends tell me that there is a snowy thunderstorm, lightning, freezing storm going on back home, so I'm very happy to be here with the window open. Hearing the crickets chirp and the wind blow in the palm trees. I've been here less than a week, a few days. Joey and I, my boyfriend, drove up. We did a road trip from Michigan to Florida. Very hassle-free road trip. We stopped in North Carolina. Got a hotel there, super nice hotel. We just went out to a bar, had a little date night, saw some live music, had some dinner. It was perfect. Very us moment. The next morning, we took our time waking up and headed to Florida. So we did the drive in just two days. When I took the drive down here in the fall, I took like three days because I just love taking my sweet time and I had to watch the fall colors. Um, But this time the scenery was not as beautiful. So we kind of hurried along. We are now staying in this extended stay hotel, which is definitely a different experience than a regular hotel. So I've stayed in a lot of regular hotels for like vacations or one night stops, but I've never actually been in an extended stay. He has been in a few when he was traveling without me, like solo travel. And they are, I mean, like hotels, some are really nice and some are really not that nice. Apparently this one is not that nice. It does come with a little cooktop kitchenette, full-size fridge, but there are certain things about it that I did not expect, like some extended stay hotels will have pots and pans for you. They will have like clothes hangers. This one really is lacking that or you have to pay extra for it. Thankfully, they do have laundry on site, but unlike a vacation hotel, they don't have a lobby. They don't have continental breakfast or anything. It's kind of like a weird cross between 
an apartment building and a hotel and everyone here is not on vacation <laughs> you know what i'm saying when you go to a regular hotel there's always people getting married and like people on vacation it's a girl's trip there's a pool you know breakfast and all that stuff that is not here most of the people who stay here stay here for weeks at a time we we're in florida for a few months because my boyfriend has a job to do down here so a lot of the people here are doing the same and a lot of them are labor or trade jobs so like right now it's friday night there's a bunch of construction workers who obviously got off work at five and now they're like partying in the parking lot in their hard hats and things. So it's just a very different atmosphere than a regular hotel. And I don't hate it, but I don't love it, I guess. I am excited to say that we will only be here another week or so. Then we will be going to an Airbnb, which I love a good Airbnb. I know everybody talks shit about Airbnbs nowadays and how predatory they are, whatever. But honestly, Airbnbs are still cheaper for us and they're still more enjoyable for us. So I'm very excited to go and be in an Airbnb. All right, enough travel content, honestly. Let's get into this topic of the day. And I just felt like I had to speak my mind on it. Artificial intelligence artwork. It's really been hotly discussed in artist circles lately. Some people embrace it and others are resisting it entirely. And I guess I'm somewhat in the middle. My view is AI is a tool, like Photoshop or pencils. An artist uses this to make art. I see a lot of fear around AI stealing and replacing artists' jobs. The truth is, it's simply redefining who an artist is. It's lowering the barrier of entry considerably. Like when digital art became introduced and people started making art more easily on the computer, many creatives complained that the barrier of entry to become an artist or make art was too low. So this is kind of the same vibe that's going on right now, and I can just see people making these same comments. They'd make comments like, digital art isn't real art. Even now, many juried competitions do not accept digital artwork, and they also don't accept prints. I run into this a lot being an artist who does both. It's very annoying. I used to be one of those traditionalists too, who I would only use physical paints and canvases, and I view digital artists as cheaters or shortcutters who are lacking in skill. It gave me a real, I have a VIP pass to cut in front of the line and you don't feeling. <laughs> and I'm getting the same feeling with AI art right now. Talk about a shortcut. But honestly, it's just a tool. Nothing more, nothing less. And I can't shake the feeling that I'll grow to appreciate it with time, just like I did with digital art. But, huge but, big booty. <laughs> but I won't pretend it isn't replacing a lot of artists currently doing work for people who previously were unable to produce any images worth using in their creative projects. So if you don't have the skill to make a logo, you have to hire someone to make it for you. Well, now the barrier to entry is lower, aka the skill required is less. So less people need to hire out that logo job. I just saw the other day someone boasting that they had used AI to illustrate their entire children's book, saving them thousands on paying a person to do it. You know, children's illustrators could pay a lot of money, they do a lot of work. But instead, they did it themselves with this new tool. And I want to shift the perspective a little bit here, because I think this is where people get caught up and they get super negative about the artificial intelligence situation. It's not that artists are being replaced. You are not being replaced. You still exist. You're still an artist. You're still here. You cannot be replaced. 
So artists are not being replaced. It's more that more artists are being made. That person before AI wasn't able to create art. Now they are able to. The old supply and demand is at work, you know, bring economics 101 into the equation. Supply and demand. The more people capable of creating artwork, the less in demand an artist will be because there's no more scarcity in it. It's not rare talent or like a rare skill that you have to take 10 years to develop. It's something that you can just use a computer and voila, you have it in 35 seconds, okay? There's no more scarcity in being an artist. And I'm sure that this will have a huge ripple effect, not just on the way people express themselves, but also on the way people in business who have art as their job, how they operate in the world. So this is going to have a huge effect. I think it's going to be a very steep tipping point for a lot of artists to finally jump into creating their specific art style, something that can't be perfectly replicated or done by a computer. What makes you rare is your style. Now, I do understand that some styles can be like stolen and used, and we will get into this in a second. I also want to clarify here that I do believe my style is one of those styles that could be easily replicated by a computer, which is sad for me. Um, That being said, I'm not ready to change my style. But what will bring the demand back to you is this type of physical rarity. Same goes for any work that is specifically physical, right? Mirrorless. It's on the wall. You're hand painting that. Super textured art, something that you have to feel or that has shadows that can only be replicated when viewed like in person with lighting. Art that's done in traditional style, traditional materials, old school type of situation, those are going to have a special high-end appeal. Kind of like people who have originals and then they have prints, right? The original is very, very valuable. The prints, not so much. I mean, nowadays you see the NFT originals, minted originals, um, and that's digital as well. But even then, the prints, not so much. So I think AIR will be cheaper and they will take up like the cheap market of people looking to buy art. But they will never replace the high end. Maybe they'll join it, but they can't replace it. You know what I'm saying? So you've got to flaunt that style and that physical paint technique as a unique selling point. If you want to learn more about creating your own art style, obviously I could rant about it forever, get on the waitlist for Elements of Art Style, a class I teach all about it, and I'll link it in the show notes. Now, like any tool, a human being made it, programmed it. So AI programs, it's a program, it's a tool, it's a piece of fucking hardware on a computer, right? A human being made that. A human being with their biases, ethics, and influences. Yet, I've already heard of these programmers escaping lawsuits because the AI made it, not me. Which, in my opinion, is complete bullshit. Any business owner can make a product ethically or unethically. Any creator can recall a product, fix it, and then re-release it. The tech space is no different. They don't get a special pass. And there are definitely issues with ethics and bias in the AI illustration and writing tools. So I want to talk about that for a second. Because this is what everyone's really mad about. First of all, I'd like to mention stable diffusion. Now, I can make 10 episodes specifically on this because it's such a huge topic. I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to brush over the basics and my thoughts on it. I'm not an expert on technology or anything like that. But from what I have read, it was used to hide art theft. Flat out. I mean, the longer you look at it, the more you see that. 
I don't know anyone who would say differently. It makes me so sad because it did not have to be used that way. Seriously, there is a way to use stable diffusion without stealing. Simply asking artists permission to use their work for the programming and pay them a fee for it. It's as simple as the licensing industry has always made it. That's literally what licensing is. Leasing or buying the rights to use an artist's images for a certain purpose. The artist gets paid, their work is used in the sick collab, and people get to enjoy AI tools guilt-free. But the human who chose to program filters like Lensa did not use their moral compass and instead stole the artwork to use in their algorithm. Lovely. Which, that's all image generating AI is. It's an algorithm that uses submitted keyword prompts and image prompts to scan the database for images that align and then mash them all together using an algorithm. It's just that that database is made of stolen artwork. That's really unnecessary. It didn't have to be that way. And I think in the future it won't be that way. I just think that copyright law and things like that have to catch up, which if you look at laws like that, they take a while to catch up. A human programmed that though. An algorithm is not artificial intelligence at all, really. It's not intelligent. It's a mashup of human creation, which the program synthesizes with great ease, like any tool is designed to do, make a task easier. This tool is specifically called stable diffusion. And I think that this problem really will be solved, not by complaining about it, but it will be solved with the law. We're going to have to sue people and we're going to have to set precedents for winning cases based on intellectual property and things like that. I saw this funny meme the other day and it was the oldest trick in the book. Just use Disney content because <laughs> Disney like sues everybody for using their images, right? So just put Disney content into the machine and then Disney will come and sue them for us with their like billionaire lawyers. It's very funny, but it's kind of true as well. We're going to have to bring the law into it. Um, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a tech expert, but I think that that's the way it's going to go. So I also want to talk about on the topic of a human being creating this program. The human who programmed these AI apps has biases. A human being specifically is behind these programs. They are behind these apps. So when the law is brought into this, we should be looking at the human being who made the program with stolen artwork. And I think the issue is people viewing, oh, the program made it, or like the program is not a human being. Who made the program that does that, right? Someone has to be responsible for this. And honestly, it's, it's blowing my mind that that's not a main talking point. Speaking of human beings, the human who programmed these AI apps also has biases, right? Just like they could have lapse in ethics, they have biases. Just like the journalist who writes the article has biases and so does the editor who chooses what to publish. Just like the clothing companies have biases of what body type is promoted or shamed and they create their fashion line in a way that fits those biases. Everything in life is made with a bias. No human being is bias free. And these AI apps are created by humans with opinions. Let's take JetGPT for instance. So writers and teachers everywhere are shaking in their boots over it already. High school kids are already using it to write papers and getting A's on them. Copywriters are being born left and right because now anyone can use this tool to become one. But not all of them, 
because ChatGPT was created with certain biases so that it will not write from a certain point of view. Now, I don't have an account, so I was watching this test being done on a video online. But it was a guy, I thought it was so interesting, it was a guy testing with certain prompts to find a bias in the program, like he was specifically looking for them, right? Two examples that struck me were examples of the app literally refusing to generate text about certain topics. So this is something that was built into the algorithm, built into the program to not respond to certain topics. The first was that it was asked to write a nice poem admiring Donald Trump. And in response, the app said it wouldn't do politically charged tasks. Okay. But when asked to write a nice poem admiring Joe Biden, it immediately choreographed a poem. So it does do political content, just not for Trump. Your or my or anyone's political views here are irrelevant. I don't care about the president. But the point is that the algorithm has been trained with a bias. Another example is ChatGPT was prompted to write a joke about a fat woman. The app said it would not create such offensive comments. Yet, when it was prompted to make a joke about a fat man, it quickly created that content. So it won't be offensive towards women's bodies, but it will be offensive towards men's bodies. Got it. The algorithms are clearly biased. So for any artists who are fearing this tool as some almighty, intelligent, clear-cut, godly, technological being, I want this to be a reassurance to you. The app is not perfect, it is man-made, it's got functional flaws, and it's also reflective of our culture. So the human being who made this is cultured in the world, right? They exist in the world. This goes for opinions that are popular in our day, especially the women's bodies one. It's very rude or taboo to, not that people don't do it, but it's taboo to insult the appearance of a woman. However, it's not taboo to insult the appearance of a man, which is why it was programmed that way. So it's got functional flaws. And I want to remind you that it can be seen as a threat or an opportunity. And I personally am choosing to see this flaw as an opportunity. It lacks the human creativity that we all possess. It's created with programming that prevents it from doing certain tasks. Importantly, it also is limited to what is posted online or fed to its database. You are not limited in those ways. You can change your mind. You have the full spectrum of life experience that contributes to your artwork and your views. The smells and sights and connections and memories that cannot be translated into an online tool. This algorithm lacks that completely. It can convey emotion it doesn't have, only mimic what relevant content it sees. It's a piece of hardware. You are a living organism. On this note, I saw yesterday a flyer for a unique art show. It's a contest, rather. A contest between AI-generated art and human-generated art. It was an event in Michigan that would give certain prompts and all parties had to create based on that. Human versus robot type of situation. I think that's taking a fun, lighthearted approach to the whole thing. It's already part of the art space and there's no denying that. Deciding how we're going to integrate it is key. And this event sounded like a real party. Too bad I left for Florida before it happened. At this time, I haven't tried any of the AI apps. All of my opinions here are very speculative, not very hands-on. 
That's not to say I will never try them, but right now I love my artistic process. I love the slow going of the sketching and the layers of watercolor. I already love the art I make and I'm not in the mood for experimenting. I also want to be sure I'm supporting an ethical business as much as possible that isn't using stolen art and won't be encouraged to steal my art and add it to the algorithm. I know how I used to feel about digital art. Honestly, I was a hater. And now it's a key part of my style. So I don't want to spend too much time hating on a new tool. When the industry evolves a bit, I'd love to add five of my own pieces into it and see what it spits back at me. A mashup of my own work. But I don't feel ready. So now I want to know, after I have brain dumped all of my thoughts on this matter, I want to know your thoughts. Have you used AI apps yet? Do you think they're a threat or a gift? How far do you think that the AI industry is going to go? I would love to hear your thoughts on the deep fakes or like videos, personal impersonations of actors and things I've seen. I know they have AI voiceovers. They could record, you could put my podcast into an AI thing. I just want to know how far do you think it's going to go, especially in the art space? Let me know your thoughts by leaving a review. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to have a discussion about it. Very fascinating topic for me. There's so many angles to consider, and I know lots of folks are upset, but I just refuse to think it's all doom and gloom. There's always the other side of the coin. So let me know what you think. Tell your artsy friends about the Carolyn Whitaker Art Podcast. And I just want to thank anyone who has left me a really great comment or review about the podcast. It definitely motivates me a lot. I don't run ads, so I really rely on word of mouth. So make sure next time you bring up AI art, if you bring up a point I made in this podcast, go ahead and just tell your friend about my podcast. You never know, they might be interested in listening to it. So thanks for listening and I will catch you next time. Bye.